unless I can see the nails in his hands, the scars of nails in his hands and his feet, unless I can put my hand where the, the, the spear pierced his side, I can't believe. Unless I can see for myself, I can't believe. I've heard the, the stories. I've heard that my brothers and sisters have seen, and they believe, but I haven't seen. And unless I see... I can't believe. I'm not saying that I don't trust them. I'm not saying I don't believe them. They have been trustworthy in the past. The problem is I was there. I saw from a distance that Jesus was dead. I saw from a distance they take his body from the cross and take it and lay his dead body in a tomb and the stone was rolled in, the, in front of it and there were two Roman soldiers placed to guard it. I know all that happened and now they say he's alive? How can it be? I saw him dead. Not too many days after that, I went to see my brothers and sisters. They were still talking about Jesus being alive, but I hadn't seen it yet. And we were standing in the middle of this room. All of the doors were locked, and out of the blue, without anybody unlocking the doors, Jesus was standing in the middle of us. I couldn't believe it. You know what he did? He came up to me. He came right up to me. He looked me in the eyes. Have you ever had Jesus look you in the eye? He looked me in the eye and he showed me his hands. Touch me, Thomas. He showed me his feet. He took my hand and put his, my hand on his side where the, the scar was, where he had been stabbed with the spear. And then... He called my name. He said, Thomas. And at the sound of my name coming from Jesus, it was so loving. It was so accepting. Can you believe it? Jesus was accepting me, and I'm the one that doubted. All I could do, all I could do was fall at his feet and say, my God, my Lord. Jesus is alive. It's all true. He truly is the Son of God who takes away the sins of the world and sets doubters free. It's true. But for me... Seeing is believing. Oh, Father, increase my faith. Help me to trust you no matter what. No matter what comes, no matter what situation I face, no matter how long it takes for you to move, increase my faith. You see, brothers and sisters, that was Thomas. Brother Thomas. We all have doubts. 
I sent an email out last week and asked if you would respond to me to the question, what causes you to doubt? I got many responses. Thank you for that. As I read through those responses, my heart got heavy. Heavy with the realization of how much my brothers and sisters suffer. I had to cry out to God on your behalf. One person wrote this. I prayed and prayed and prayed that my daughter would be healed. And Pastor Chuck, nothing has happened yet. She's still sick. Now, Pastor Chuck, I understand that we we need to believe thy will be done and all of that, but this is my little girl. That got me. That got me. He said, Lord, or he said, Pastor Chuck, I need a miracle. Prayed for that person this week. Someone else wrote and said, what makes me doubt is fear. Someone else said, what makes me doubt is when I can't control things. Someone else said, what makes me doubt are the inconsistencies in the body of Christ. When I I read my Bible and I see how followers of God are supposed to live, then I go to church and we're inconsistent. That makes me doubt, some people said. And then there's the age-old one that somebody wrote, when bad things happen to good people, it makes me doubt. What do we do? We all have doubts from time to time. Where do we go? Well, in our scripture today, John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31, I'm not going to read those verses, but that's the scripture today. In that passage of scripture... There are some helps, if you will, on on what you do when you doubt. What should happen or could happen when you doubt. What you should do and what God will do when you doubt. The first thing that we see in our scriptures today is Thomas coming to see his brothers and sisters. Thomas coming to the people that were gathering in the name of Jesus. You see, Thomas still doubted. Why, what was he doing there? Why did he come if he doubted? See, Thomas doubted that Jesus was alive and he really was the Son of God. Why did Thomas go? Maybe there was a spark or a little ember of hope in his life. I mean, after all, his brothers and sisters that he trusted said, we have seen the Lord, he's alive. Maybe there was a little, a little bit of hope. But see, that day, Thomas brought his doubts, you could say, to Jesus. So the thing that you should do and I should do when we have doubts is we should bring our doubts to Jesus. Now, I know some of you are sitting here today and you're saying, Pastor Chuck, didn't you read what I sent you this week? I have been bringing my doubts to Jesus over and over and over again and nothing happens. Many people wrote that what makes me doubt is when there seems to be no movement after weeks, months, or years of prayer. So let me put it this way. 
bring your doubts to Jesus. Let's change that to keep bringing your doubts to Jesus. Don't give up. Please don't give up. Where else could we go? What else can we do but take our doubts and lay them at the feet of Jesus? Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, he gave his disciples this parable, the parable of the persistent widow. He gave his disciples this parable so that they would always pray and not give up. You see, prayer that hangs in there, if I can say it, prayer that doesn't give up, there's something powerful about that. There's something that says no matter what comes, I'm going to trust God. Even though I don't understand it, even though God isn't working in the way that I want him to, I trust him. Keep bringing your doubts to Jesus. Somebody say amen. See, that kind of stuff encourages me. You just got to encourage me, but then we probably go over 12 o'clock, so don't say amen. Let's just, don't do that. Keep bringing your doubts to Jesus. Thomas brought his doubts to Jesus, and because he did... God moved. Why, Pastor Chuck, then, have I had to wait so long? I don't know. I don't understand it. But I do understand this. God never fails. And we must be persistent. Would you agree with me that we're impatient people? We sure are impatient people, especially in the Western culture where instant is what it's all about. Instant, instant. If it doesn't happen right away, then we're, we're done. But with God, that's not how it works. Because sometimes while you're praying over your doubt that God would move in a certain place in your life, sometimes God, or maybe most of the time, if not all the time, God uses that persistence. He uses that that heartache, he uses our cry to him to draw us closer and make us into the people he's calling for us and longing for us to be. Don't give up. Keep bringing your doubts to Jesus. I prayed for you this week that you would do that. Some people wrote, a couple people wrote, what makes me doubt is the death of a child. Of course it does. Why, God? I don't know. Keep bringing your doubts to Jesus. Second thing in our scripture this morning. For Thomas, for the people around him, and for you and me, seeing is believing. I mean, we live like that. Uh, Prove it. I'm not going to believe it until I say I'm not going to take your word for it. We, We live like that. But what God is leading us into, the, 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 mind, the mindset, the frame of mind that God is leading us into is not seeing is believing, but believing is seeing. Amen. You see what happens, brothers and sisters, is, is in, in the 29th verse of John chapter 20. Here's what Jesus says. After, after Thomas said, I believe, I touched you, I can see you, I believe. This is what Jesus said in verse 29. Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. He's talking about us. None of us have seen Jesus. None of us saw his hands. We haven't seen, have you? 
I mean, I get it's possible, but I haven't. So, so today what the deal is, is believing is seeing. Somebody wrote in their response, I'm amazed, Pastor Chuck, at, at all the difficulties that I've gone through, and that person's been through a lot, take my word for it, and all the difficulties I've gone through, Pastor Chuck, what God trusts me with. What? How God has faith in me. Because the Bible says, Pastor Chuck, he won't give us more than we can bear. Boy, he's given me a lot. He must think a lot of me. Now there's an attitude for you. I say amen to that. Someone else said this. You know, it seems like what God sends my way to build my faith is also that thing that could give me doubt. Well, knowing that maybe is half the battle. Believing is seeing. We start with belief, don't we? He is risen. I don't know. Do you believe that? We start with belief. We believe and then watch God work. Yes, he will work the way we want him to. Maybe, maybe not. You see, the problem is for many of us, we have God in this box, this little box, and God has to work inside those parameters. If he doesn't, forget about it. And that's not who God is. God is this. God is, I can't spread my arms wide enough. That's God, not this. Yet for many of you, that's who your God is. If he doesn't work in here like this, in these parameters, forget about it. Believe first, then see. Finally, this is powerful. Verse 22. Verse 21, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Verse 22 says, And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. What do people filled with doubts need? The Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was leaving. He was just about ready to go back to his father. He was leaving the boys and the girls with the whole task of building the church. I mean the new church. No foundation yet. Peter, upon you, I'm going to build the church. It hadn't even been done yet. He's going to leave these people, just like you and me, with the task of building the church. What did they need? To be filled with the Spirit. They could not do what he was asking them to do unless and until they were filled with the Spirit. What's changed in all these years? Nothing. We can't be the people God is calling his people to be unless and until we are filled with the Spirit. (sighs) Jesus, breathe on us so that we may receive the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, here is the key of all keys in the kingdom for you and me. Too many of God's people are trying to live the life and walk the path without being filled with the Spirit. It was never intended to be that way. We are on a journey with Jesus to Pentecost. It can happen today, yes, Lord. If it's your will, may it happen now. But I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey to Pentecost. And my prayer is, God, fill me with your Spirit Fill me with your spirit. That's what's going on with you. There aren't enough of you filled with the spirit. You've stopped. That's enough. It's never enough. 
Fill me with your spirit, Jesus. That's my prayer. Before Easter, those brothers and sisters had hope so faith. After Easter, they had no so faith. You know why? I've seen the Lord. After Pentecost, they had unshakable faith. There was nothing that could move them after Pentecost, not even death itself. Preach it, Brother Chuck. God come. God come. I want to tell you about one more thing somebody sent me, and this just doesn't seem to fit. I don't know. Somebody sent me a little video clip. I watched it. I tried to lay it aside. People send me stuff all the time. This, is, this, is, this doesn't happen. This just doesn't happen. So I get this video clip. And the person that sent it to me said, I know it doesn't have a lot to do with doubts, but I couldn't get away from it. And I felt like, Pastor Chuck, I was supposed to send it to you. I looked at it. My heart broke. And God said to me, Somebody needs to see this on Sunday. Lord, doesn't really go with my sermon. Somebody needs to see this on Sunday. When I was 14 years old, my youth group and I went to um, see a movie. That was back in the days when the movie theater was of the devil. So it was kind of a miracle that a youth group would go. Probably still is of the devil, but it doesn't bother us so much anymore. But I'll get to that later. Hold on to that another time. You see, here we go. We go to, the, to, to this theater. We watch The Cross and The Switchblade. Pat Boone, Eric Estrada. Wow. Man, I, was, I, I couldn't believe it. I was looking around like I was a sinner. What am I doing in here? Years later, I'm in Russia. Somebody gives me a box filled with a, with book, a book called The Cross and The Switchblade that has been translated into Russian. Gave it to my neighbor. A day later, my neighbor comes, knocks on the door, and he has his book open to this page, and he says, uh, Pastor Chuck, what's this? This guy keeps talking about being filled with the Spirit. What is that? So we talked about being filled with the Spirit, knelt down at our couch right there, and he prayed to ask Jesus to fill him with the Spirit. Woo! The guy was never the same. Last week, David Wilkerson was killed in a car wreck. 80 years old, a few weeks shy of 80 years old. So a bunch of videos have been going around from this prophet, this man of God. And not too long before he died, he gave this message. It was a little piece of a message he gave. What I want you to do is listen to it. There will be no music. There will be no... I'm not going to come up at the end. What we're going to do is listen to it and respond. If you are moved and need to humble yourself before the Lord like I do, come at this altar. If not, you're free to go.